there. Welcome. Yet again, to show some respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking. A pleasure to have you here, as always. Let's get into it. No, let's not. Let's take our time. I don't have that much content this week. What are we rushing into? What are we going to get into so quickly? Where, where's the fire, Tom? Let's, let's sit in this for a little while. What's going on? What's, what's happening around you right now? Take it, take it in. Take some deep breaths. I'm having a high anxiety day, so I've been reading about breathing exercises because, you know, that should solve it, I'd say. You know, hey, put down the tamazepam. Is that the right? No, that's a sleeping drug. Put down the Vicodin. Put, you know, put that volume to one side and try this. Breathe in for four seconds and then breathe out for eight seconds. And I think you'll find that's better than any drug. Not in my experience. Um, you know, but hey, I'm, I'm, I'm no doctor, you know, I'm no, I'm no, do- I'm no doctor Wim Hof. I'm no Iceman MD. What would I know about the, the potential life-changing powers of breathing exercises? When I was like 22, if you'd told me anybody who would later be invited, who was, who was on the radar for a, an interview on the Joe Rogan podcast, had a means to solve all worldly ails. I'd have believed it. And I did. I heard the Wim Hof... And look, here's the other thing I would say. I heard about the Wim Hof method. For those of you unaware, for those of you over the age of 50, you know who you are. Um, Wim Hof is a sort of pseudo-social media celebrity. Say that four times quick. Why four? And um, Wim Hof basically... it Basically, he believes that the, the cure to all problems can just be breathing in a way that is very uncomfortable, where basically what you do is, uh, and, and I know everyone under the age of 30 is like, do we have to hear about this fucking guy again? Yes, you do, because my mum's listening, okay? Here's what you have to do, is you have to, uh, you breathe in a huge deep breath, and then you only let a little bit of it out, and then you take another big deep breath, you go, <sighs> you do that for like a long time, uh, until it feels like you're about to faint, and, uh, and then you don't. And um, and uh, I'm pretty sure Wim Hof claims you can use this to fight the common cold, clinical depression, and most forms of cancer. And um, and you know what? Uh, there seems to be some clinical support for that, and I've never tried it. Isn't that bizarre that it's just really the only thing preventing me from finding out firsthand if that's true and instead going onto a podcast and being cynical about it with no personal research whatsoever is is you know, just breathing for five minutes in a way different to the way you usually breathe. Now, personally, my my breathing method, the show some respect Tom Whitcomb's breathing technique is um, breathe just kind of like constantly quite shallowly, like never get a full breath in and kind of let the breath stop just, just above the sternum and just constantly little breaths to the point it feels like you're choking and do that all the time, constantly. Um, so much so you never even have to think about it. And, uh, and you'll find that uh, not only does it not cure the common cold, it actually insists upon itself as a total, a constant sense of foreboding and, uh, and dread. And um, that's, that's where the mental condition of today's podcast is coming from. Hey, Today's podcast is brought to you by General Anxiety Disorder. Self-diagnosed the way all general anxiety disorders are. Um, is this is this another episode of Show Some Respect? Tom Whitcomb is spiraling. It'll throw back for the fans. I'm afraid not. I've got some exciting stuff to tell you guys today. I, I went to not one, 
but two events. That's right, ticketed events. One of them was in Wollongong, the other one was in Homebush. Two places I never enjoy being. That's not true, actually. I quite like Wollongong. Quite a pleasant place. But uh, I, went to, uh, I went to the Laneway Music Festival on the weekend, and then last night I went and saw Dave Chappelle um, do a TED Talk on gender dysphoria. And uh, boy, do I have to, a lot to tell you about each of those things. Um, I also, I'm, I've got a very, very slight comment to make about Pride Month. Because uh, <laughs> I think we've all been wondering what I thought about that. Um, but before I get before I get into the into the the nitty gritty, the hard stuff, and um, in the reverse order to which I introduced it, a uh, couple of little announcements, a little bit of housekeeping. Next Thursday, the sixteenth of Feb, uh, I will be at Smith's Alternative doing a uh, a trial show for my festival hours that I'm going to be doing in Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney this year. Um, it's going to be great. I'm doing my trial, and then Dan Muggleton immediately after is doing his trial. Uh, Dan won an award for his... Well, <coughs> excuse me. One of us won an award for our show uh, at the Perth Fringe Festival, a festival I've never been to, if that helps you kind of work out who it might have been. Um, Dan's show won an award uh, only a couple of weeks ago for Best Comedy and Director's Choice at the Perth Fringe Festival, and I have been working hard on it. So those are both, you know, good metrics by which to judge the, the potential enjoyment you might have by making your way to Smith's Alternative in Canberra next Thursday the 16th. Tickets are super cheap. I don't remember how, how little, but very little. And, um, and yeah, I think, it, I think it's going to be a great show. I don't know when I'm going to be able to come down to Canberra again uh, anytime soon. So if you should listen to this, if you were listening to this podcast or you know anyone in Canberra, let them know. Spread the word. Uh, it's going to be a fun night. Um, also just worth pointing out, uh, I'm going to start leading up to my festival shows at, as I said, Adelaide, Melbourne, and Sydney in the next couple of months. So I'm, I'm going to start pushing it. March 12th or March 13th, I think March 13th is my first show at the Adelaide Fringe Festival. I don't know if anyone will be there. I know I will. And um, look, if one of you could also be there or just send a friend, then we can guarantee that show is going to go ahead at only a rather significant financial loss to me. So, spread the word. If you know people in Adelaide, either let me know about it or let them know about it. I'm going to try and get a discount code set up. Actually, you know what? This will make me actually do it. Discount code. If you use the word RESPECT at checkout at Adelaide or Melbourne, uh, you'll get 10% off. All right? I, I want to really reward anyone who knows someone who knows about this podcast. So, tell your friends. If they're going to Adelaide, use the code RESPECT. they get 10% off. Um, maybe. I presume so. Oh, that seems doable, right? You know, something I'd be able to organize? Hopefully. The podcast doesn't come out for another five days, so if I can't get it organized by then, well, maybe I don't deserve to have anyone come. <laughs> uh, and then Melbourne is in April uh, from, again, I think it's from like the 4th to the 19th or something. Does that sound right? Maybe not. In any case, if you go to, I'll put my link tree uh, in the description of this podcast. You can go and you can find tickets to all of this stuff. The Canberra show, the Adelaide show, the Melbourne show. You can't miss it. Come on out. Come see some work in progress or some final products. And uh, hopefully there is enough of a difference between the two to justify one another. Um, what am I, I, I literally have written down on my notes today. Still got notes, by the way. Still got notes, half an A4 page. Oh, how's he going to fit all that into 
another 12 minutes. No, 22 minutes. Shit. Um, no, I got some stuff. I don't, don't you worry about it. We, we, we are, we have smooth sailing ahead. Um, it's pride month, is it? So here's what I believe. I don't think pride month is actually a month. Let's look this up for confirmation. I believe, cause it's not like Feb is pride month. I don't believe. I believe it's like from this date to this day is, is like a month worth of days of which to be proud. And God help, if I catch you being proud outside of that month, no, it's not even Pride Month. So Pride Month is June, apparently. They get a whole they get a whole month. That's a lot. That's a is that too much? Oh, I, I would never I would never insinuate that. Pride Week? Pride Month Australia. Pride March. What is Pride Month in Australia? It's still June. But why why are we Okay. Sydney Pride. Sydney Pride Festival? And that's June as well. Well, I'm confused. Why are we? This is this the is this the LGBTI uh, equivalent of hot crust buns coming out on December twenty seventh? It's like oh, it's ridiculous. I swear, Pride Month. We're 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 leading up to it earlier every year. Okay, so there's World Pride, which is a different thing apparently. It's from the seventeenth of February to the fifth of March, and the reason that I know. It's coming up is not only is there a work sponsored event at my office next Friday. I, I mean, sure. Why not? I'm sure it must be the unveiling of the new uh, rainbow logo. I bet there'll be one. I fucking bet. Doesn't that just drive you nuts? Doesn't it just like, oh, how many, how many uh, freelance designers get paid like 70 bucks? Like, hey, can you just. You just chuck a fucking ra- rainbow on this, could you, please? Just so we can pretend that we care about this. Thank you, thank you so much. Uh, did you hear? There's two Pride Months this year, so uh, uh, actually, that's a good point. Actually, they're like, well, actually, we got it last year, so uh, yeah, we're not going to give you anything, which is uh, unfortunate because I probably bet there's a really high proportion of designers who are heaps gay. Um, not not a pejorative term, just literal. Probably a lot of LGBTQIA freelance designers out there, if I had to guess. Um, but uh, I, I don't know how you feel about Pride Month or, or World Pride, for that matter. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's hard to say. But I can tell you how my local quick copy feels about Pride Month because, boy, are they celebrating it early. My local quick copy, you know, you, you know that place you go to when Officeworks is closed? I don't. Why? W- I don't know what the point of a quick copy is. I have no idea. You know when you see certain storefronts, you're like, how is this still a business? How is the person who owns this not destitute? This can't be viable. Well, I got one of them just down the road, and boy, uh, uh, you can tell they print in color because there is a huge rainbow flag draped all over that building, and finally, might I say, at long last, I am so sick of getting my printing done from the homophobes at Officeworks who never once have told me how they feel about queer identities. Not once have I, have I had a conversation about a man at Officeworks about pronouns. And I think we all know what that means. I think we know how they voted in the plebiscite. All right, and and for all we know, Officeworks with their printing capabilities probably probably scanned and copied a lot of false mail-in votes. Now, 
I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm just asking questions. Did they do that? Huh, I, look, I I can't say for or nay to either of those things. Um, and I definitely shouldn't say that because that's also not the two. It's yay or nay or for or against. And I just kind of threw them together like a, like I didn't even think about it. It's funny how that works. But but what I can tell you is the quick copy on Bronte uh, Road in Bondi Junction. They put their money where their mouth is, by which I mean they probably spent somewhere between ninety and hundred and twenty dollars. Uh, to say that uh, the Pride community is very important to them. And uh, look, you know, uh, I, I think it's about time. I think, I think we should have more, more of these uh, future bankrupt businesses should be out there really letting people know how they feel about the queer community. I'm so sick of all of these, you know, Sports vitamin retailers, how do they feel about it? I'm, you know, for those days where you can't wait 24 hours to get your protein off the internet where it's half the price and you need to go to a sports nutrition warehouse and you're like, well, but am I going to be buying my protein from, from some kind of homophobe? I, it's hard. How should I know? Their storefront has, there's not a rainbow in sight. It's, uh, it's, it's bizarre. You know, how, how am I possibly going to, in good conscience, go and shop at, uh, at one of the 12 convenience stores on my street you know, with, with a Pakistani Muslim man who, who's running the counter? How does he feel about queer identities? Am I going to be forced to stereotype him? Because that's what I've been doing thus far. Well, we've still got time. World Pride doesn't start for another eight days. So if you do own a retail outlet that is on the precipice of bankruptcy, Use that money you don't have, run up a little bit more debt, and go ahead and get yourself the, 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 the whole seven colors of the rainbow plastered on your shop front and hope that the, the gays come a-running. Um, and they are running because they're shredding for world pride. So that's uh, something to look forward to. Hey, speaking of festivals, except let's talk about ones that I care about uh, as opposed to the Mardi Gras. <laughs> I've only, have you guys been to the Mardi Gras? I've only been once. It was quite the event. It was very impressive. But I also, my, I was working in a place at the time that had a balcony that overlooked uh, the, the finish line of the festival. Um, so I was able to sit down uh, whenever I felt like it and go inside and, you know, had a fridge. I don't know if I'd be lining the streets for it, to be honest. Like, we get it. You're, you're, you're queer. You're here. We're, we're all used to it. We're so used to it by now. It's, you know, it's getting a little bit repetitive at this stage. We're getting a little too used to it. Um, <laughs> uh, is this, was this, hom was this homophobic? I don't know. Maybe it's just because I saw Dave Chappelle last night. Who wasn't, you know, to be clear before I get slanderous, who wasn't actually particularly homophobic. He just seemed to really want to allude to the fact that he might be and then never really followed up on it. Um, what a coward. Pick a, pick a lane, you know. Either say something fucked or don't. Uh, and look at me doing the complete opposite of that. Anyway, thanks for listening. Laneway Festival. I went to uh, my, my good friend, friend of the podcast. What does that mean? You hear podcasts say that a lot. Friend of the podcast with no real, uh, like uh, the podcast is you. It's just your friend. The podcast has very little to do with this. A friend of mine, Sam Bowden, a uh, very funny comedian, big fan. Go check him out. He's, he's very, very good. He's got a podcast called Woe Free Lunch that I don't listen to but I hear great things. 
Um, he uh, managed to score a couple of free tickets to Laneway Music Festival. I was very excited. I went to Laneway a couple of years ago. I loved it. Very much enjoyed it. Um, and so to the idea of going there for free, very exciting. These are the kind of perks you guys get. These are the kind of... Uh, these are the kind of sweet, sweet perks you get uh, when you spend four days a week uh, out on the street trying to make rooms of strangers laugh for five years. This is what happens. You occasionally get a free f- ticket to a music festival, um, presuming that you know someone who's a little bit more successful than you are. That's the dream. This is what it's all about. And... Um, so I went to Laneway, and I was very excited to go to Laneway uh, because in past years, it's taken place at the Sydney College of the Arts in Roselle, which is a phenomenal venue. It's a great, great place for, for live music and uh, also just quite convenient, you know. And then I found out this year it was at Homebush. Is that that sinking? If, if you're from Sydney, I bet you hate Homebush. The f- I hate the Olympic Park with a burning passion. My hatred for the Olympic Park burns bright like the Olympic flame. I despise it out there. It is soulless. It's a bitch to get to. No one likes being there. Um, so as soon as I found out it was at Olympic Park, my, my excitement literally halved. Uh, but in, in the defense of uh, the uh, Olympic Commission... I'm not sure how much they have to do with it these days, if I'm honest. I don't know if the Olympics is still involved in uh, in the goings-on of Sydney Olympic Park, but if, if they are, just give them a shout-out. To be fair, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was. Trains ran smoothly. It was all pretty well handled. In saying that, uh, went to the festival, and it's very. It, it was a weird demographic. It was a real spread. There were some people who were very young, and there were some people who were quite old, and then there were some people who were my age, the correct age, you know, the only forgivable, uh, the only decent age, uh, 31, 28 to 34, the, the only acceptable age to be. Um, and, uh, and look, i got to say, having been to a lot of festivals in my time and knowing what, uh, what festivals are all about, which is um, young women wearing not much, and uh, young men being very aware of that. It was through that lens. Through and, and look, that's not me anymore. Not a young man anymore. I am nothing but a, but a sociological witness, just a spectator. I am the Louis Theroux of this festival. Not engaging in it, just observing it. And um, got to say, the youth have gotten quite unattractive. Not all of them. Not all of them. There's some good eggs out there, but by the mo- for the most part, just not. I mean, come on. It's like twenty-five year old girls, and it's like guys. Car. Do you remember at my age when I was twenty-five? Girls were like really, they really they put in the effort. You know, the body positivity movement has made a lot of young men and women feel so much better at themselves about themselves, and and really cured. I imagine a lot of. Uh, of, of sadness and depression, but at what cost to the rest of us? Because yes, you might feel much happier in your own skin and more confident and self-assured, but I, I used to like looking at you and now I like it less. And it's like they don't even think about that. They don't even notice it. Because there's really nothing better 
than, uh, than attractive people. I've always tried to write jokes about not liking attractive people because they're an easy target. Like you can really make fun of hot people and no one will ever feel the need to defend them because it's the ultimate privilege. Being hot is the ultimate privilege, for sure. It kind of transcends race and gender, I think. I think that is the, the big one. Doesn't tra- No, 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 the ultimate one's rich. Rich definitely is the ultimate privilege. Although, I don't know, if you're rich... The other thing, like rich, rich people are by the most, as far as I can tell, like super unhappy, and we do, we don't really seem to have any empathy for them. The super, like super rich children, the like the children of really, really like billionaires are miserable and drug addled, and and yet get no empathy whatsoever. Um, and I, maybe it's the same for the attractive. I don't know. Are they sad? Are they? Would we care? I think that's, I mean, as with the young people, we just don't really, it's, look, as long as you as long as long you cry at home and don't let your makeup run, I think we're fine with it. You can be as sad as you want, but put on a nice smile for the rest of us now. And I'm talking both genders, by the way. This is not a gender, this is not a, a, a misogynistic thing. This is just hot people in general. Like, I don't know, I'm assuming, I am assuming that the, the female gaze is similar in that, you know, it's just great. You know when you see someone who's just, like, really attractive, it's like... It's like just, it's free art, isn't it? It's like the world is, uh, is an art gallery, uh, except you don't have to be a wanker to understand it, to, to really appreciate yeah, Anyone can appreciate it. You just see someone, you're on a train carriage and there's someone really attractive there, you're just like, yeah, nice. My day just got a little bit better, for the moment at least. And yet the youth are taking that away from me and they're not even, they're not even thinking about it. Like I was, this is how bad the situation is. My friend Sam got tickets through his management agency and uh, as a result, we got like creator passes and I am doing the world's biggest air quotes as I say that, creator. We are the creator passes. Um, I don't want to make this sound like I'm a total wanker, but I will say this. Um, I don't have Instagram or Facebook or TikTok on my phone. I don't think giving me a free pass to the festival was exactly what they had in mind. All right, I don't think I, I was really giving them a whole lot of ROI. Now I'm telling that I'm talking about it now, and I am spending most of the time deriding the youth for not being up to my attractiveness standards. <clears throat> but um, I just I don't I think the plan was let's give a whole lot of uh, young tech addicted social media uh, influencers um, a free ticket to the festival. Let's hope they post between seventeen and thirty three stories on Instagram over the course of the day uh, and let's hope that a whole bunch of really desperate individuals of the opposite gender presume they'll be there next year and come along kind of on a semi-stalking mission and what instead they got was me rocking up and just having a good look around um, and not really spreading the word and when I do spread the word kind of being quite negative about it you know talking shit about the venue and uh, calling the attendance ugly so in saying that, because we were part of the creative, you know, the creator passes, we got backstage. We, it was PIP, which stands for Pretty Important Person, which is fucking so insulting. Just put the V, who cares? Like, because they had a VIP wristband and a PIP wristband, and they just felt the need to say to us, they were just like, hey, just so you know, I mean, we don't really give a shit about you, okay? This is, this is just, this is, this is a, this is this is a pity wristband. All right, we'll we'll give it to you because apparently you got like thirty thousand TikTok followers or whatever. We don't really give a shit. And this is 
if you see the inspired unemployed, please don't make eye contact with them, all right? Because they'll know you're not one of them. They might have to come through your section on the way to the real section where we keep the people we give a shit about. But if you could just kind of just stay to the side and try not to get in their way and clean up after yourself, and that'll be $14 for that mid-strength beer. Thanks very much. That's the experience that I had in the PIP section of Laneway. It was the most depressing place. We went backstage. It was honest... No, it wasn't even backstage. Like, to the PIP area or whatever. You did have to pay for your own drinks. Nothing was free. And it was like the vibe of this room where they left us. It was like a hotel lobby. It was just a whole... It was like a hotel lobby in, like... In, like, in like Phuket. Where, where it was all very clean... And it was all very orderly. There was no music. There were a lot of people in Hawaiian shirts waiting to go and do something enjoyable. But until then, just kind of scrolling their phones and passing the time. It was so, so depressing. I saw, We went in and out a few times because there was like a, a place to sit out the back in the sun. There wasn't really that at the festival. I saw this one guy in a, in a patterned romper who was just had the world's, like, biggest noise-canceling headphones around his ears. I went back and forth, like, two or three hours. He was in the same seat on his phone with his headphones on. I was like, man, why are you doing this here? Just go home. Um, anyway. Uh, so, look, that's... Uh, what am I... What am I... Oh, that's what I was going to say. See, like... Oh, I'm not going to go through that. Never mind. Ignore me. Ignore that last part. You know, a professional would have edited that little bit of a stammering out. But no, you get the full experience here on Show Some Respect. Tom Wickham is talking. The one uh, we saw, I saw a whole bunch of acts at Laneway. I saw a couple of punk bands. I'm getting into a punk phase, which is very weird, you know, uh, because I've always actually been in quite big favor of the man. I think, uh, I think the man is doing a pretty good job, to be honest. Is the man perfect? No, but who amongst us is? Um, so leave, leave the man alone, punk bands, all right? Just let, let him do what he needs to do. He's, tr- he's looking out for your best interests. I know you don't think he is, but he is, all right? Um, but I saw a band called Yard Act who were awesome, really, really liked Yard Act. They're from Leeds in the UK. So another band called Fontaine DC from Dublin in Ireland. Um, they were excellent. I saw Phoebe Bridges, who was great. Before Phoebe Bridges was, a, was like the act of the festival, as far as I can tell, the one that uh, everyone was really keen to see. That was a guy called Fred Again. Fred Again is some kind of electronic music producer slash DJ and the only thing all the bros at my gym seem to have in common. As far as I can tell, all of the guys in my gym who kind of... The the thing they have in common is doing bags, talking about women. Remains to be seen of, of, of whether any of it is real, but talking about them a lot and the music of Fred Again. And... Um, I got to say, we were there for Jungle Giants beforehand, and uh, not great, not so great Jungle Giants. Anyway, and uh, suddenly, like we were kind of middle of the crowd, but we had a lot of space and stuff. And suddenly, you just felt like this rush of people, and it was like we were getting squished forward as we were just being surrounded by so many private school mullets. Just, just so many. Like me, if I were born six years earlier and uh, less self-aware a lot a lot of hundred dollar mullets in that crowd you know the, the kinds of people who go to the salon with a photo of uh of, of ryan pappenhausen say can you make this happen 
And they're like, I think you could have made this happen if you just taken the time, but sure, I'll take $100 of your money for, you know, 10 minutes of, of clippers. Clippering to the sides? Uh, sure, why not? So... I don't really have anything to say about that except I thought the term $100 mullet was quite funny. And we agreed, good name for a band. So if you need a band name, $100 mullet. It's all yours. Hi there, everybody. Tom Whitcomb, host of Shows and Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. Thanks for listening to the podcast. A reminder, if you want to support the podcast, if you enjoy it, well, you can do so by hitting that subscribe button on whatever you listen to the podcast on, Spotify or Apple, leaving a review telling everyone how much you like it, preferably five stars, and telling your friends and family about the show. Also, a reminder that I don't always talk like this, like I'm running a some form of infomercial on, on Channel 9, the middle of the night, trying to sell things to your vulnerable grandparents. So please st- spread the word, give us a review, hit subscribe, and continue to enjoy the podcast. Hey, guess what? It was me again. I didn't... St- Remember that last week? Did you fall for it again, you idiot? No, probably. Probably not. Probably not. You were probably thinking, you know, he says that he he's trying to make it seem like he stopped the podcast and he dropped that ad in. But he made a lot of mistakes. Surely if he just dropped it in, he would have gotten it right. And it's a, it's a good point. It's a good point from you. Um, last last little bit to tell you about this week of the podcast. Last night, I told you I went to two events. And you were like, well, what's the second event? And then you probably thought, oh, no, he said at the study, went to Dave Chappelle. And I did. Last night. So on the weekend, I did a gig in Newcastle on Saturday night. Oh, quick aside. Um, if you are a comedian... Uh, listening to this podcast based in Sydney or even Melbourne or Brisbane and you're thinking of going to Newcastle to do a gig, um, just a little PSA, the word retarded totally flies there. I, I, didn't, I saw this, I want to point out, I didn't say it. Um, I saw a guy use that word to describe a crowd member, killed. Absolutely, they love it there. So if, 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 you, uh, if you're in one of, these, one of these bloody liberal woke cities, like Sydney or Melbourne, and you just want to keep it real and insult the mentally challenged. Um, well, you can go to Newcastle and they, you know, just just open with it. Pick someone in the front row who looks stupid but not uh, disabled, and uh, and throw the R word their way, and let the applause rain upon thee, because it will happen. Um, Saturday night. Geek in Newcastle. Sunday night, Laneway Festival. I missed Mr. Dave Chappelle at the All Phones Arena. In what is All Phones? Any, like, does anyone who's who is that sponsorship for? I wouldn't even know where to go to an All Phones. If if I'm told to go to an All Phones, I, all I know is the arena. Do they sell phones there? Bloody ridiculous! Don't get me started on Acor Stadium. Furious. Um. So uh, I. Uh, Mr. Dave Chappelle on the Saturday night. All my friends went on the Saturday night. Come home, check the group chat. Everyone's raving about it. Greatest show ever. Absolutely loved it. What a killer. You know, was on stage for 65 minutes. It's felt like 10. I'm like, oh, man. I felt so much FOMO that I'd missed out on this, like, you know, huge experience. Dave Chappelle, obviously, one of the great, great, great comedians, one of the absolute all-timers in my chosen field of uh, of pursuit, so I thought I had to, I had to see him, and I was tossing it up, and I uh, I finally I, I decided right Wollongong Wednesday the eighth of Feb I'm gonna go down I'm gonna see him I'll go, and I tried to find some friends no one wanted to come I was like fuck it I'll go by myself and, and you know going to events by yourself I was quite excited by it at least conceptually so this is a cool story that I went this far I drove ninety minutes each way by myself to go and see this thing that's important to me I kind of like that. Um, and you know, 
every time you do something by yourself, like oh, I, I've been trying to do more of this stuff, go to live music by myself, go to movies by myself, and and you think you know it's good because you, you you go. I like my own company. You need to remind yourself that you do enjoy your own company. And then you get in your own company, you're like, oh, fuck, do I? Do I like this? This doesn't feel like something I like. Um, anyway. <laughs> but you can tolerate it. And um, look, don't get me wrong, I like my own company more than I like a lot of other people's company. But uh, it's not a high bar. Anyway, uh, it was... It was... It was pretty great. It Look, it wasn't as good as I'd hoped it would be. I think I got a different show to the Sydney show because Wollongong is, you know, you know. If you're from one of the major cities, and in Australia there's only two, and you uh, you've, and you know anything about Wollongong, even if you don't know about Wollongong, what, what's your first instinct thinking like, okay, it's not Sydney or Melbourne, it's not even a capital city. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, think about that for a second. No, now to be fair, I'm I'm just kind of being a dick. I actually quite like Wollongong. I've done gigs down there before. It's a it's a nice little spot. It's very close to the beach. Like it's it's a pretty great place to be honest. Um, I've done gigs. Yeah, I've done quite a lot of gigs in Wollongong. I've always had a good time. If you're from Wollongong, this isn't about you. This is about all the people around you who presumably you don't like either. Um, it was a bit of a rowdy crowd. It was like people were not afraid to shout shit out. Um, apropos of nothing. Um. I, uh, it was like, uh, at one stage, Dave, it, 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 look, I, I've, I know I'm all over the place. The openers were pretty good. Jeff Ross, who's like the roast master general, you might've seen him. I talked about him last week. He, uh, he is like the, the face of the comedy central roast of Alec Baldwin. Oh, that would have aged badly. Was, he was one, wasn't he? I think he was. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump and, uh, Roseanne and all, or, you know, or Bob Saget, all that stuff. He was f- Awesome. He was great. He did a two-minute act-out of the Queen having sex with Prince Philip, which was awesome. He then brought up a whole bunch of people on the stage and, like, speed-roasted, like, 12 of them, which was so funny. And then uh, Dave Chappelle has a DJ, and the DJ is like, I'm not I'm not bringing Dave out here until it feels like a party in here. Everyone put your hands up. Woo, everyone get around. And I'm like, man, you do not – clearly this was not intended for white people because we didn't know what to do. He said, like, everyone, put your hands up. The, the, the hip-hop music lead-in to Dave Chappelle lasted like five minutes. And we were all very uncomfortable. We, I would love to see Chappelle to a black audience because I think it, there was an element of it that was kind of wasted on us. You ever seen like a Def Jam comedian? If you're not a big comedy fan or like you don't know a lot about comedy and the sort of more niche stuff of it, YouTube Def Jam comedy. Watch um, Bernie Mac. On Def, there's a very famous Bernie Mac set from Def Jam, which is like an all-black comedy club in New York. It is un- like they, the the crowd, uh, these people. <laughs> I said they, and I felt very uncomfortable about it, even though I would say it about any anyway. The crowd of African Americans, who I respect deeply, uh, they are so excited to be there. They are falling out of their chairs like. They literally, they, 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 they find things so funny they can't enjoy it sitting down. They have to like stand up and walk up and down the aisles as they just sort of come to terms with how funny the thing they've just seen is. It's amazing. I wish white people could show the level of enthusiasm to, that they showed to that, to, to anything. I don't think there's, I mean, sport is as close as we get. And even then, you know, it's, it's, we kind of feel a bit guilty, but we celebrate a lot. I'm like, was that a bit much? Did I, did I, did I go a bit too far with that? 
Um, I would love to see Chappelle turn all back audits. I think it would be f- phenomenal. Um, but unfortunately, it was Wollongong. So what we got was a lot of white people who every time Dave picked up his beer off the stage, uh, started shouting at him to scull it and trying to start his to Dave chants. Very embarrassing. And the worst part was I found myself getting drawn into it. This, this is this thing. like You can try and say that you're better than the working classes of Australia. And then the minute that they start getting around something a little bit fun and exciting, it, there's something in me. Like, I know it's deep, deep in there. I'm white class, well, white class, white class, Jesus, white collar, work, not working class, white collar um, to, to the bone. Um, but somewhere in the marrow, there is still that just little bit of fucking Australia inside me that when someone says, here's to Dave, he's true blue, I can't help but go, he's a piss pot until I realize, no, no, shh, shh, Tom, this isn't you. You aren't one of them. You drive a golf. <laughs> and, um, and Dave handled it pretty well. He did a pretty good job of just shutting it down, kind of ignoring it, rolling with the punches. There was one woman in the corner who would literally like scream at the top of her lungs. And uh, Dave ignored it until he couldn't. And he's like, yeah, bitch, I hear you. What do you want? It was, it was great. It was very funny. Um, it, I mean, it was just, it's, you just couldn't do so much of it if you were starting fresh now. The, uh, between the uh, three openers, two of them did a facial expression impression of Chinese people. Two of them, separately. And they were so... It was so funny. I really enjoyed it, but I was like, fuck, you could not... I, there's no way I could do that. That's a one-way ticket to a Daily Mail article, if I've ever seen it. Um, but, oh boy. It was... It, look... Was it, I don't think, I think Louis C.K. was better. I saw Louis C.K. at the State Theatre a couple of months ago. I thought he was phenomenal. He was just so smart and quick and interesting. And Dave was great. Dave was very charismatic. Dave was very, uh, I mean, that's, he's a great storyteller. And it just looked so comfortable on stage. And made it feel very intimate. He did this thing. He kept talking. Anyone black in the crowd he just, he really pointed me, like, where, where are you from? You're from Zimbabwe. Oh, okay, and talk about that. Like, he really seems to care about, I guess, it's just a raised thing to say, he really cares about his people. Um, and, and that was quite sweet. And he did make this whole thing in a 5,000-seat theater, just or arena, feel very intimate, which was very impressive. Um, so glad I went. Huge experience. Would love, would love to meet him one day. It's the kind of funny thing about comedy, right? Is that, that sounds quite like, I mean, it is. It, it's a it's a high it's a high watermark to set to like. I hope to meet one of the greatest of all time. Same with Louis. But comedy is one of these. It's one of these art forms where your heroes are closer than you think they are. Like that. I don't think that's true for sport. I don't think that's true for music. I think that's true for comedy. You know, there's enough. They're they're getting on stage enough. They go into the same clubs that you go to when they're not doing their tours and stuff. There's a, it's a real opportunity. So that's, there you go. L- keep listening. If I get to show some respect, Tom McKim is talking episode 1000, maybe then I'll be at a chance to meet Dave Chappelle. But until then, fuck a thousand episodes, 20 years. Could you imagine? Is it going to podcast in 20 years? Fuck, I hope not. But that sounds like a good time to end. Oh, guys, it's, i got to say, been a good start to the year. These have been good episodes. I stand by them. I'm having a good time. Hope you're enjoying it. Hope you're spreading the word. Come to my shows. Come to Canberra. Come to Adelaide. Come to Melbourne. Come and see how it's done. Maybe. Depending on how well it goes. 
I'm going to leave it there and wish you guys a very happy week and uh, I'll see you next week. The next installment of Show Some Respect. Tom Wickham is talking. See ya.